Oh, it's good. Good to have you here. You sent me a photograph of the car <laughs> after the wreck. <laughs> I don't know how the heck you survived that. My gosh, it was just a, a shambles of pieces of, of a car, not a car anymore. Uh, tell us how it happened and what uh, you experienced. You know, it was very uh, uh, it was a cold, cold night, probably around 10 o'clock. The road was, of course, being in wintertime and in the mountains. I was driving through the Rocky Mountains at the time. The road was not in the best condition. And um, I, being 30 years old, was driving probably too fast. And uh, hmm. um, I, uh, I came around a corner on a downgrade and... Uh, there was an, an enormous uh, mule deer uh, standing in the lane right in front of me, and I had literally no time. The deer was either going to come through the windshield or I would have to swerve and uh, try to miss the deer, which I did. <clears throat> and um, the swerving part was uh, went very well, but um, the recovery didn't happen. <laughs> mm. And uh, the car just continued in a straight line right across the the center of the of the highway, and uh, into oncoming traffic and um, a semi truck, which was coming up the hill, um, literally hit right behind my front left tire and uh, went straight through the vehicle uh, at a forty five degree angle and literally, as you said from the picture, it. Um, there's really nothing left of half of the vehicle. Wow. You were unconscious at the start of, of I mean, this? you know, it's fascinating. I, I um, you, you learn so much about, uh, about life and death. And I think um, uh, I certainly wondered what it was like to be in um, a life threatening situation. And uh, truthfully, once I made, uh, once I, I made the, the move with the automobile and tried to swerve out of the way, uh, everything happened in a split second. And uh, um, I, I, I don't remember even contacting the other vehicle. Mm. Um, and uh, I simply uh, woke up some minutes, I suppose, later, and uh, I found myself on the floor of the vehicle um, looking up at the steering wheel, and uh, my body was quite numb. Uh, um, obviously, uh, um, I was uh, shaken severely. Probably had a uh, uh, a uh, uh, traumatic brain injury as well, which was never diagnosed. But I certainly lost a lot of memory post the accident, and I was struggling to figure out where I was at the moment. So it was a, a very confusing time. I guess you thought at first that you were paralyzed from this, but then found you could use your arms. It was, um, it was a, again, a, a fascinating experience in the sense that I'll certainly say for myself, and I'm sure for other people, they're always facing severe injuries and uh, long-term um, problems uh, with your physical body going forward, everyone's very frightened of those types of things. Um, I certainly was prior to the accident. I found myself on the floor of the vehicle, and uh, when my senses began to return, I noticed that um, I had limited feeling um, below the mid-thoracic uh, area of mm -hmm. my uh, spinal cord, and uh, 
um, I was reassessing other things when uh, I felt this uh, numbing sensation that started in the middle of my back and went and went downward, and I lost all feeling with uh, with everything below the mid thoracic area of my back, and it was fascinatingly, uh, <laughs> I. Uh, I I was calculating what I had left rather than what I had lost. And that was, I thought, an amazing observation that uh, a human being will do that rather than mourn the loss of something. I think it says a lot about your character that you took the positive rather than the negative on that. Thank you. When did the beginning of your NDE take place? Were you still in the car when that happened? Yes, yes, I was. Um, there, there, <laughs> where I was on this highway was um, um, a great distance from any uh, any city of size. Um, there was a small city at the at the bottom of uh, the mountain mm-hmm. um, that was thirty five minutes away, and uh, to go back from the city that I came from was another fifty minutes. Um, so. Uh, I was in that vehicle for at least maybe maybe close to an hour, um, mm. and I would float in and out of consciousness. And uh, um, um, as time went on, I obviously uh, was struggling to to maintain staying uh, staying with my body. And um, 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 as I was beginning to fade. Um, uh, I, I had experienced the winter cold. Now all the glass is gone in the vehicle. The, the, the vehicle is ripped wide apart. It, mm-hmm. It's it's in the mountains. It's bitter cold, and uh, I'm shaking and uh, freezing, and and the pain is beginning to be uh, oppressive. And as I began to lose consciousness. All of those feelings went away, and uh, I felt a warmth that took me over and relaxed me. And as I was slipping away, I, I had the thought that even if there was nothing beyond this lifetime, and I had been raised in a very rigid religion as a youth, so I had been instructed on heaven and hell and uh, um, I found myself saying that even if there was nothing more, this was acceptable. I felt warm. I felt comforted. I felt like I was going to close my eyes and go to um, go to sleep in the most comfortable manner. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you were freezing to death along with the injuries. May have been, may have no. been. Um, I, I found myself um, awakening in uh, a very strange place. Um, I was laying on what appeared to be dirt, ground earth. Um, there were small rocks about me uh, and uh, on the ground. And um, um, as... I started to gain my senses. Um, I looked up. I saw um, to my right there was an incredible light source, um, and it was um, white, 
beautiful light, but it was off in the distance and um, the light was bright. Even the small rocks that I mentioned before were throwing a shadow. The light was on the right side and the shadow extended um, back away from the rocks to the left. I rolled to my left side and I looked and it was dark in that direction. I could see nothing. Um, I um, laid there for some time, um, began to pick myself up. Um, I didn't have to do much. I more or less floated to an upright position. Um, and as I looked towards the light, there was a group of light beings. Um, they were um, the size of human beings. Um, I did not recognize faces or I did not recognize the details of a body, but there was a group of five and um, I literally floated to them mm. and um, um, I knew these entities. Um, they were familiar to me. They were not familiar from the, the current life that I had been living. They were not familiar from a past life or, but I knew these entities and I felt incredibly comforted that they were there. Um, they, Did they feel more like uh, human beings or an angelic beings. They certainly were um, enlightened uh, beings. They uh, um, radiated love. Um, there was no, I didn't speak with, with my normal faculties, they did not speak to me yet. We were communicating and, uh, and they literally surrounded me and embraced me and held me. And I felt an overwhelming acceptance, mm. an overwhelming um, embrace of love. Um, I had just been in an accident, an accident that was my fault. I had been careless. Um, there was no judgment. There was only acceptance. And it was the most amazing feeling I have, I've ever had. And um, I was literally unable to comprehend everything that was happening to me. There was a great deal of communication. Um, this did not feel or appear like anything I had been taught in my religious studies. Um, there was no gatekeeper. There was no, there was no judgment. There was no, um, nothing negative in any way. And, and the feeling was fascinating because um, I felt like everything was exactly as it should be. Um, I had no regrets. Um, and the welcoming that I received was as if I had done something wonderful and um, that I had been a successful human being and uh, had been acceptable and had lived my life in a good manner. So it was, it was lovely. Do you do you do you recall Evan if they communicated besides the love that you felt from them? Was yes, there anything else yes, that absolutely. they were? Was there anything else they were communicating to you? 
There was. And, and I would love to tell you, I, I remember everything that they said to me, everything came into my mind, but I, I don't. Um, after a period of time, and of course there, there was, I have no idea how long I was there. Um, um, there was no feeling of time. There was no feeling of the passing of time. But there was one of these entities that spoke to me. And inside my mind, I was told that it's my choice whether I come home, which was perfectly acceptable. I could stay. I could go home. And that's the way it was placed before me, that this was my home, not Earth. And that I had the opportunity to, to stay. Or if I so chose, that I could go back. Um, interestingly, I immediately thought of my children. Hmm. And the thought came into my mind that I would love, I would love to see them grow up and see them move forward in their life and, and experience uh, through them um, the joys that they would, they would have on earth. There was no further discussion, and I was in the blink of an eye. In an instant, I was literally hurled back into my physical body. And the overwhelming bitterness of the uh, cold weather. And by that time, my senses were awakened and the pain was excruciating. And um, I was being extracted from the vehicle with the jaws of life. And men were were desperately uh, pulling the car apart on the opposite side and, uh, and trying to extract me. They finally ripped off the, uh, the door and were able to pull me out, put me on, on their special stretcher and um, put the neck brace on and move me in, into the ambulance for the 35-minute ride down, down the mountain. Mm. Um, I remember very little of that, very little. And this uh, was a hospital in a small city um, in Utah, and it sounded like they were just getting into trauma work uh, from what you described to me. It was the, doc- uh, the doctors and nurses there. It was uh, it was an amazing experience. Um, this was a small small town, um, and it was in Utah, and um, um, they uh, the, there were eight or 10 doctors and uh, a group of nurses and, um, and other uh, medical personnel that had gathered there for their first run through of uh, the trauma center that they had established. Evidently this road claims a lot of uh, accident victims and, uh, and they, they felt that they should establish a trauma center. So all of the specific personnel that would be called in for a trauma were already 
at the hospital. Isn't that so amazing? <laughs> it was um, an absolutely uh, amazing, um, amazing coincidence. Um, um, synchronicity, maybe, is a yes. And um, um, I was brought in, uh, thrown, you know, placed on the table, and all of these doctors, um, they were everywhere. They were um, <laughs> they were poking and prodding, and uh, um, my injuries were 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 severe. Um, uh, my lung on the left side had been totally collapsed, and my thoracic cage was crushed. My shoulder and scapula were broken. Uh, I had severely ruptured my spleen. It could not be saved. Uh, and I was bleeding, bleeding severely internally. Um, um, uh, the doctors uh, did not wait for uh, pain medications. You know, the, the in, enormous needle goes into your stomach and, and, uh, and they withdraw the blood you're, you're, you have been leaking for the last hour, hour and a half uh, wow. uh, from the spleen. Uh, and, the, you know, the lead doctor is trying to get a, a chest tube into my um, left uh, um, part of the thoracic cage so that he, he can reinflate the, the lung. And there is uh, so much damage. My, my ribs had over 300 breaks in wow. my ribs and so um um it was a very difficult job and they did they did a wonderful wonderful uh, they did they did something else for you too which surprised you and surprised me when when i, I read your note about it yeah uh, you asked for someone to uh, say a prayer for you i did describe, describe what happened this is um if i make it through through this without um Having to stop it will be a miracle, but um, um, it was an amazing experience. The doctors worked as fast as they could, and the emergency room was was people racing in all directions, and there was a cacophony of noises and people calling out to each other. And I whispered to the doctor if there was somebody that could pray for me. It was so amazing. He didn't hesitate. There was no hesitation. And he, he called for his staff to come close, and they gathered around my, my bed, and they placed their hands on me, and they prayed for me. Mm. And it was complete silence. And everyone in their room was quiet and hopeful and part of that prayer. And when it was over, they became doctors and nurses again. Boy, I wish every trauma team in the world would do that for their patients. I was so touched by that. And it's so important. You know, it's so important to the well, they gave you, you said, a 3% chance of survival. Uh, yes. I'll, bet, I'll bet that prayer alone added many, many more percent to the situation. They cannot know how important that was to me. It was, it was a beautiful, tiny moment when time stopped. And uh, 
and I felt supported not only by their wonderful knowledge and skills, but by how much they cared. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have residual problems since that accident? <sighs> yes. <laughs> Sad to say I do. I do my best to, uh, to move forward. And, and I, I, I literally have, um, have wasted very little time worrying about all um, the problems that I continue to have. I, I live a, an incredible life and I'm, I'm, I have a happy soul and I just live with the things that go that, that I have to deal with. I, I, the, the, my left, my left lung was never really fully inflated again. I have uh, a pulmonary problem. I, I use uh, oxygen at nighttime. Um, I can't lay on my back. Um, laying on the left side, uh, the ribs, uh, there's one rib that protrudes into my lung about um, one and a half centimeters, and it's constantly... Uh, oh, that pain. must be so painful. Yeah, and... Um, and um, one of the severest uh, injuries that I received was um, when I was hit so hard by that truck, my left knee, my right knee was, was driven into the, to the dashboard of the vehicle. And it drove the femur through the hip and broke off the femoral head. The doctors at first didn't know if I would ever walk with, without uh, assistance. I was able to recover quite well. And as they told me at that time, sometime in the future, I would have to have that, that hip replaced because it would become so uh, unmanageable. Um, yes. And that I did about uh, eight years ago. I finally had that hip replaced. Uh, Evan, I'd love for you to tell our audience how, I mean, even with, the, with these physical handicaps you were left with, you have made a complete change in your whole life's direction. Tell us about that. You know, thank you for bringing this up because I think sometimes we focus on on the accident or what happened to us and we focus only on our uh, incursion back to our home in the spirit world. Um, but the truth is that the most important thing, if when we come back to the earth, is what did that experience mean to us and how do we make that meaningful in our life as we go forward? It took me many years to even understand what, what happened to me. When this first happened, people didn't talk about NDEs and certainly in my world, talking about dying and, and crossing over and coming back was not anything that you wanted to talk about openly. It was very difficult to find people to talk to. My world began to change immediately. I saw things differently. I stepped away from all of the motivations that the world calls us to. And the simple things, what I ate, I became a vegetarian. I began to meditate. I found people I could meditate with. Uh, when I moved to Colorado, I found Shambhala and spent hundreds of hours in the, in the Buddhist retreat in the mountains, uh, meditating and learning how to meditate and learning about Buddhism. Uh, later, I, um, I support 
a Swami that is in Loveland and what an incredible individual he is. I research all types of spirituality, being a transpersonal psychologist which accepts the soul as a part of who we are, certainly uh, helps me relate to uh, how other people feel, trying to balance life with spirituality and find out who they truly are and what their life's purpose is. I can't imagine what I put my family through. I became a totally different individual. And my family was forced to adjust. I'm, I'm very lucky my family did adjust to all my changes. I wrote a paper one time about all of the changes that took place in my life over a 20-year period. And the list was lengthy. And I, <laughs> I have to say sorry to my wife and sorry to my children and my friends because so many things change and your friends change. And as your ideas and as your philosophy and as your behavior changes, um, you find new ones who are on a path that leads to illumination and you build friendships that are invaluable and incredibly helpful in life. So wow. how you change your life after yeah. the experience, it's how you change your heart after mm -hmm. the experience. That is the real judge of what this experience, this incredible experience truly means to you and how you apply yourself to the world as you change yourself yeah. you, you help change everything so to that extent even a terrible accident like this can be an amazing gift oh it is evan, a gift. absolutely evan unfortunately we are out of time for today do you have a website that if people wanted to get in touch with you or find out more about the work that you're doing? I don't have a website currently, but um, I'm in the process of establishing one. My email is simply my name. It's emeekum at evanmeekum.com. So it's very simple. Anyone is welcome to send me an email. I love to respond and I'd enjoy any interaction that, that might come of this. Well, I think people have learned a lot just from this half hour you've spent with us, and I really thank you for that, Evan. 